not playing with lex and dan he's lex he's dan and together this is the show where we watch movies that many many people in the world have seen but somehow have escaped our notice and lex today it's a movie that i have not seen but i believe you've seen once is that correct i have seen 12 monkeys once dan and it's uh (laughs) that just sounds like the beginning of a story like all right so (laughs) I was, let me tell you, I was, they were jumping on the bed. <laughs> yeah. When I was in India, I saw 12 monkeys fairly regularly. And, and the truth of it is, Dan, I, I remember many moments of the movie, but I get the sneaking suspicion that I did not stay awake for all the movie, which is not meant as a reflection on the movie. It's a reflection of me being tired whenever I watched it, because I feel like I've seen roughly 85% of the movie. <laughs> now it's possible I saw the whole thing and that was all I took away was 85% of it. But like when I'm, tr- I've been thinking about the movie today, I get bits and pieces, flashes, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I have the whole story coherently, which could also be <laughs> a feature of the film. We'll find That's out. That's true. I do know a few things about this movie because I remember Please. several of my friends talking about it a lot when it came out was 1990, mid, late 90s. Is that where this is? When this 95, out? yeah. 95, okay. Yeah, so like definitely I had friends who had seen it and were like, oh yeah, this movie, it's wild. You should check it out. So I know it involves time travel. I know it stars Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And I think as I saw Madeline Stowe, is that right? I think she's... That sounds right. Okay. And then I know it involves like a like a pandemic or a plague which great sounds like for some light viewing yeah <laughs> i told my wife we'd yeah. be watching this she's like i wonder how that will feel in the current <laughs> world environment because i think there's like a doomsday thing angle to it is to like trying to prevent mm-hmm. and i want to say like brad pitt's in like an asylum or something maybe well, you know a decent amount yeah i i've definitely garnered bits and pieces you mentioned as we wa- uh, opened this on amazon which is where we're watching this today you were not aware there was a tv show which right. i had heard but i think it was one of those you know it ran on sci-fi sci-fi okay so and it was like four seasons though like it went for a while i had heard people speak very positively about it from those who had seen it so i think it just was one of those things that kind of again flew beneath the radar but actually you know a reception was pretty good for it so if i like this maybe i'll have to check that out yeah that's right but uh so you know a decent amount you know the cast i think this is a a largely or or maybe maybe not a pre-fame brad pitt film but uh, an early early yeah because uh his first sort of breakout role i want to say was like thelma and louise which would have been right i don't even think that was 90s? i mean that was an early role for him i don't know that he really broke out from it but yeah, yeah yeah so i want to say by by mid 90s i feel like i had a very i feel like i had a view of brad pitt in as many teenage men did in the 90s where it was like uh He's so handsome or whatever, but he's just like right. a, you know, a vapid leading man. But I, I have a lot of appreciation for him, especially starting in the late 90s and like early 2000s. I think he yeah. showed a lot of versatility as a comic actor and a dramatic actor as well. So, you know. This was the same year as Seven <laughs> ah, and okay. uh, a year after both Legends of the Fall and Interview with the Vampire. So this is like, this ah. is probably peak pit ascension peak right pit. now. Pit peak. Pit peak ascension, yeah. Yeah, I have a good uh, Brad Pitt story. I don't know if I should tell it now or at the end, but it's not really it's not really relevant to this movie. <laughs> I'll tell it now. What the hell? I'm ready. So I saw Fight Club in the theaters at least once or twice, but I think the first time I saw it, right after the movie ended and the credits started, I was in a small theater. 
I want to say it was the theater here in Somerville where I live, which is like an independent theater. And literally we're like, people are like starting to get up and leave or whatever. And then there's this blip and there's a scene from another movie starring Brad Pitt. I believe I discovered later it was Meet Joe Black, Mm. where he tries to cross the street and gets hit by a car. Yes. (laughs) And somebody, I guess the projectionist had literally spliced it into the reel of the film. Yeah, during the credits and like everyone sort of freezes and it because it's this hilarious out of context scene and it is i mean kind of horrific but at the same time it's comic because it's a little yes. bit over the top he gets hit by like multiple cars over and over yeah and, and i don't know if have you seen fight club maybe of course yeah so like a big theme of that movie is like splicing stuff into films yeah talking about cigarette burns and stuff like that and so i felt like some projection is there was just really like oh that's hilarious i gotta do this so i funny it's a weird experience the kind that you don't really get in movie theaters now because right. it's not really a thing that it's, can be done <laughs> yeah so yeah. i thought that that's was pretty funny yeah it was a it was a weird experience but i really uh, it makes me laugh to this day well, Dan, I'm hopeful that Brad Pitt's performance will delight you and surprise you just as much today. But, of course, before we watch, there's there's that standard business to attend to, which mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. we have to invite our listeners to watch along with us if they're so inclined. It's a commentary track. It's literally, as Dan and I press play right now, you listen along with us. And I promise you can still enjoy the movie. You just also enjoy us. Uh, the way to do that is to sign up to become a member of The Incomparable, which you do by going to theincomparable.com slash members. And you can choose the subscription plan that's right for you. And of course, you can choose to support this show or support all of your favorite shows on The Incomparable Network. I happen to like Inconceivable and Friendly Competition. Those good are good choices. Ones. Those are great choices. Yeah. I right recommend uh, Biff for a complicated profession. Mm. Those are also good. Not as good, but good. Sure, and fair. then if you're... <laughs> If you're already an incomparable member, you should probably go check out your subscription and make sure that you're allocating as much money as possible to me and Dan, because that's what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. But seriously, it's fun to watch along with us. Go give it a shot. And it's it's not that much money, Dan. No, it's not. I mean, the plan started just five bucks a month. That's very reasonable to support all of your favorite podcasters, including us, who are your favorite of your favorite podcasters, I can only assume. Mm-hmm. And you get all those other features as well, extra bootleg tracks and commentaries and access to the Slack. Like That's a great amount of stuff for just five bucks a month. And you feel good about yourself. That's the thing, right? That's Feel right. good by yourself for supporting the arts. Perhaps <laughs> the greatest arts. perk is perking yourself up. Oh, so I thought it was friendship, but no. Okay. Mm-hmm. The real friends were the podcast we paid along the way. <laughs> well, Dan, I have some fascinating news for you. Well, fascinate me, please. You have now seen. 12 monkeys that is indeed fascinating news or have i did i see it in the past or maybe the present it's unclear both well was it a present to you dan did you enjoy the movie you know what i did i thought that was really good i think that may be the best movie we watched this season i feel pretty confident about that we discussed during the beginning of the movie or maybe we were part of the way through like the you know a movie where you don't understand or a story where you don't understand what's going on and you kind of have to start piecing things together and I yeah. enjoy a challenging movie that doesn't make it easy to sort of figure out, like, I mean, this is, especially for a time travel movie, right, where there's a lot of questions, when did things happen, what happened, and then this plays also with the concept of sanity, and are people imagining things, or are they actually happening, you know, we discussed that a little bit with Total Recall, but felt like that movie did not really, like, lean into it in some ways, whereas, I, and this one doesn't, I think, fully lean into it, like, I don't ever really think that bruce willis is insane 
because the way the framing story is set up, it feels very much like we're establishing this is real. But I can right. understand the perspective of everybody else in the movie who thinks that he's insane, right? Because if you showed up claiming to be from the future and a terrible thing was going to happen, nobody would treat you like you're sane. And to me, that felt a lot more comprehensible in terms of just how people would actually behave, quote unquote. I thought Bruce Willis, again, an actor I find generally just very enjoyable. And I think he's very good here. He does a nice job of sort of navigating that sort of feeling discombobulated, I guess. He's not like the badass that we often see him play in other movies, which is a nice turn. And I enjoyed Brad Pitt. Christopher Plummer doesn't appear very much, but I always enjoy Christopher Plummer. I thought Madeline Stowe was really good. I enjoyed as she gets increasingly unhinged as the movie goes along. It doesn't really ever explain, I guess, why she thinks she knew him. Other than maybe that she saw him as a kid. Is that it? Like she kind of recognizes him or something? That seems... Yes. I think okay. that's, that's the implication. That's what going for. Gotcha. I, so, I mean, I, I think this movie, uh, 12 Monkeys, is held in pretty high regard i i like it okay okay <laughs> i agree with you that I, I i really appreciate bruce willis's performance and i really appreciate brad pitt's performance and madeline stowe's frankly but like i don't find it enjoyable to watch <laughs> and like it's it's so gross and so unpleasant and everything is miserable and like i think my beef which is maybe is fair and maybe is not is like the 12 monkeys has nothing to do with it right like it's it's like a a red red herring herring for most of the movie sure so i'm with you like you said we were having that conversation about like how do you feel when movies are are or or a tv show is like starting you really in the dark and you have to piece together i like that journey there's times when shows like spend too long keeping you in the dark or confused i'm like man there's too much for me to take in this feels like work and not like enjoyment right now Mm -hmm. here i think it's like it's an acceptable amount of work but they spend so much time lying to me. It's like, whose side are they really on? <laughs> that's, and so that's part of what I I mean, to. I don't know. I like, a, you need a red herring, right? If the whole answer was just sort of straightforward, oh, it was these guys and they're the bad guys and we got to stop right. them, then that's that's not very interesting, I feel like, because then you really are dealing with the, like, the bigger question in this movie, as in so many time travel movies, is like, like can you change the past, right? Is it right. is everything fated to happen the way because it's already happened or is there the possibility that you can alter things? And this movie very definitely takes the, I think, viewpoint that like, it's done, right? right? What happened, happened. Like all the things that are happening, yeah, exactly, have already happened and you can't change it as much as you might have the illusion, right? That's the whole thing is like we have the illusion of they can go back and change it, but then everything just starts to fall into place. Yeah. And I appreciate that aspect of it because it's staking out a definite standpoint, right? Like it's got it's got its viewpoint. It's like this is how it is and you're we're going to let you wonder for a little while whether or not that's possible, but ultimately we are going to say that it is this way. So I don't mind having the use of the red herring in there because I think it sort of fits with the overall themes. And I think some of the alienation aspect of this I can definitely see coming from it is a very Terry Gilliam movie in its production especially, like the yes. look and feel of the future in particular is very like i think of stuff like time bandits or whatever like you know there's a lot of that sort of everything is kind of retro futuristic in the future there's like gauges and dials and lots of weird off-putting machinery and people are dressed very strange and have all these like you know the glasses with the the little loops on them for the uh microscopic viewing and you know everything feels Mm -hmm. very absurdist and kind of ridiculous in a way that is consistent with a lot of terry gilliam work and it's not my favorite aesthetic but I appreciate that it has a very definitive feel to it. And it's interesting you say this because I, I don't like 
westerns mm. because i don't like that aesthetic either it makes okay. me like i, I it, it feels hot and messy yeah, and sure, to me sure. and i can't enjoy those movies because i get it's just like uh. and here you're right like this is he wanted to make this movie cheaply and they did relatively speaking but they do i think an excellent job of giving you just this not just dystopian vibe but like the, just just unpleasant like there's no nowhere that you see in the the future that it, you want to be it's all awful right even the present isn't that great either right? right like you know and this is set in the 90s but it very very much conveys to me sort of an 80s vibe of everything being so grimy and so terrible i mean the institution everything is like peeling and falling apart yes. and like all that which i think is also there is sort of again not a thing that necessarily commits to very hard but the indictment of sort of the mental institutions right which it, it sort of glances off of to say like this is kind of how we treat people and i don't think it was necessarily trying to make that point but i think that is kind of a side point that this movie makes is that our treatment of people with mental illness is really bad yeah (laughs) and it's kind of uh, ancillary to the main plot of the movie but yeah it is it is the, the the fact that the scenes in the institutions do not feel appreciably better than the dystopian future where everybody has to live (laughs) underground is certainly a telling point yeah, I think that's fair. But yeah, I, 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 there's things that happen in the future that like make no sense to me at all. And I, mm-hmm. I kept asking, like, what is the point of this strange globe thing that they are in the same room as him, but interrogate slash talk to him only through video it's screens a on local, the globe? Local Zoom call. Yeah, crazy. Also, I do question some of the logic of saying, hey, there's this global airborne virus let's all get into underground areas together <laughs> with less circulation that that doesn't hold up now no nope, no yeah i i agree with you there are definitely i mean watching this in 2022 certainly there are unpleasant echoes of some of this where is the line we laughed a bit about the line at the beginning where there's like the guy was like i'm gonna go ahead and get vaccinated <laughs> it's like oh finally at least these people have their heads on straight but i liked the sort of playing with all the other little ancillary things that happen like the guy who shows up in the past and is talking about there being a plague coming and is like attested to in historical sources and then we see that guy later sort of preaching about apocalyptic stuff there's a lot to unpack in this movie and i think i appreciate that it's so densely layered with imagery and references to various things happening at different times you know we see you know in those last scenes where she's in the department store right buying stuff and it's like the angels being hoisted up and of course we see the angel later but it's also an angel therefore it's got sort of the apocalyptic connotations to it like there's a lot packed into this movie and i think i i like that because it does feel like in some ways, it is a movie that, though it not necessarily one I would, you know, constantly revisit, I felt like if I watched it again, I would get things that I missed. And I like that uh, in a movie sometimes is that there is a rewatching that, that lets you see stuff or understand things that you didn't understand on the first go round. Like I think apparently some people believe about Total Recall, not a movie, though I'm not sure. Right. I'm 100% yeah, on board with that. I think this ending is certainly open to some interpretation too. And I think even the fact that the credits end with What a Wonderful World, mm-hmm. in theory, especially once we have time travel, they don't have to give up, right? They can keep working on. Well, they can, if, unless the future is, the past is unchangeable, in which case it doesn't matter. It's futile, right? Like you keep sending people people back but like that's all happened but I think already that now he can show them now that he's at least communicated to the future who's responsible where it is in theory they can at least know where to find some sample of virus so they can work on stuff for later even if they don't change the past that's possible yes good point right because they all are the argument is you can't doesn't matter which is a little right. weird right because they send him back to kill the guy even though the argument is 
we can't stop it. Right. We we right. can only try and and fix it in the present. So you're right. It does leave it uh, a little ambiguous. But I mean, I enjoy that bit at the end too, which feels like a little coda where we have the woman who in the credits is described as the astrophysicist. You know, yes. <laughs> and it turns out to be in insurance. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It, it's definitely a movie that bears discussion and thinking about. And I I think that that's you know it's not necessarily the funniest movie around or the most ent- entertaining in the sense of just being like a fun ride. But it is a it is a movie that has some meat on its bones, which I feel like yeah, is, for sure. is is interesting. So. To me, that that makes it for a pretty solid piece of work. I'm still puzzled about the accordion and the score, but, you know, hey, to each their own. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I want this to sound like no other movie. What about a polka movie? How do we feel about <laughs> Klezmer? Yeah. You asked about the 12 Monkeys during it, which I thought was funny because it, it was, to me, a instantly recognizable. The I don't remember. I, we always called them barrel monkeys, which was just like these little t- plastic toys with monkeys that you could hang because they have their little... Yeah, uh, I see it now. I, I just never knew what that visual was meant to really be conveying. But I, that, yeah, that was not a thing I was familiar with. But I have Googled successfully for the toy. <laughs> there you go. I enjoyed the references to some of the Hitchcock movies in there, which was fun. I guess they use parts of... Uh, oh, in the end, I guess Madeline Stowe is wearing the same coat that Kim Novak wears in the beginning of Vertigo. <laughs> like, there's lots of little fun bits in there which i kind of enjoy as well yeah i don't know there's a lot of again there is a lot of stuff uh, they describe james cole as a notable christ figure which of course his, his initials would also seem to support <laughs> yeah indeed. uh yeah there's a there's a lot in and here he dies for our sins yeah this <laughs> is true some carry hey some shots took place in abandoned motels in camden new jersey i'm sure you'd be delighted to know that you're yeah, and a lot was filmed in pennsylvania too so it's like all the places where i called home there you go this is a this is a very old uh lex friedman kind of movie so this is was this post i've seen um this is post baron munchausen i think which is another gilliam movie i've seen yeah that was 88 yeah which is a very odd movie i mean i don't think terry gilliam really makes any other kind of movie frankly that's right yeah no it definitely feels like of his oeuvre this might be the most uh commercially successful potentially of his i'm not sure i believe that yeah certainly up there in terms of ones that i feel like actually like you said with the bankable stars right i mean right yeah anyways but then you, you we you found a movie you liked here. I did, and uh, I mean, I think if I had to rewatch one from this season, I'd probably go back to Teen Wolf again because that one always makes me laugh. Wow. But, okay, but we've got we've got this one for you too. Mostly, I say things to make John Syracuse and mad sometimes. <laughs> uh, hi, John. But Dan, this has been a delightful mini season of not playing with you, and I'm glad we got to go through every movie that exists that's in the sci-fi slash fantasy category that starts with letter T. We covered them all, all four, of them. all four of them. We got that's it, it. nailed. Well, we'll have to figure out what we're doing when next season rolls around. I'm sure people will have their suggestions and thoughts on it. And I'm already starting to think of movies that I've, I haven't seen that I, I need to fill in some of the gaps in my pop culture education. So we'll, uh, we'll put some of those on the list, but it has been a delight as well to watch several movies with you for this little mini season here. I couldn't agree more, Dan. Thank you so much. And until next season, I guess you can keep watching the clock, right? It was time travel. <laughs> keep watching the monkeys <laughs> by which I mean the classic TV show. <laughs> oh, I like that show. Thanks, Nickelodeon. (laughs) 
couldn't they just write a message on his body to better justify that he's from the future? <laughs> just saying. I don't know. If somebody showed up with Sharpie written on their body saying I'm from the future, you think that would be much more convincing? <laughs> yeah. That would I, I would it's have in, no it's questions. It's in permanent ink. <laughs> I mean, 